welcome to our podcast of Win 2020 with Makashin and Ross. I'm Makashin. And I'm Ross. And today's guest is State Representative Katrina Shanklin from the 71st Assembly District in the Stevens Point area. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. How's it going? Um, great to see you. We are uh, very uh, pleased to have you here. With all the stuff that's been going on the last couple of weeks in the state capitol, we're really uh, grateful that you made some time for us to talk to our viewers. And, you know, Bill and I are down here in Madison. You're up in Portage County, so we want to find out from you, how does your side win the Electoral College votes in 2020? That's a great question. So recently we knocked 50,000 doors in just one weekend and it was exactly a year out from the election. And I personally went out, I kicked off a Canvas launch, I welcomed canvas canvassers back in and almost everyone was brand new. And that told me something because I'm used to the same volunteers just every single election. But a lot of young volunteers, a lot of volunteers who've never participated and walk into the party headquarters or knocking on doors before. So I actually helped train some of them and then I went out myself and we were pleasantly surprised at how many voters we were talking to who were independents and leaning conservative who were very interested in our message. And I think that speaks to the importance of You know, every election people will talk about voter turnout, but it's absolutely true. You can't rely on polls to tell you how many voters are in your district. It's up to you to make the voters turn out with an inspiring message. And I think Democrats have a huge advantage uh, in this election because people have seen um, authenticity coming from the Democratic Party. We're talking about on the national level, you know, we're talking about prescription drug prices. We're talking about affordable health care. We're talking about affordable college education. Um, on the state level, for years, we've been pounding the drum for transportation infrastructure, broadband, affordable health care clean water and good schools and i think a lot of people really not just it doesn't just resonate with them they're interested in good government and i think the democratic party has the strongest message i think this is going to be a fun podcast so let me ask you of the newbies that came and helped you guys do doors were they in your opinion there or motivated because they don't like Donald Trump or did they like a specific Democratic candidate or was it a mix? It's definitely a mix. I think everyone has a different reason and people are looking for, you know, if you are reading and watching the national news, everyone has that question of what's the magic formula. And I think the point is, look at the Obama coalition. The magic formula is building unity and solidarity among diverse coalitions of voters, not just one person being one thing to everyone. And I think some people would argue Obama was that person, but I would argue, look at his um, ability to reach out to every kind of voter from both rural areas and urban areas, from people of color to seniors, to veterans, to farmers. And I think Look at the voters right now. Uh, Farmers, for example, are hurting tremendously by the tariffs. And there's a strong message in Marathon and Portage County and Wood County for cranberry growers and ginseng growers. And, you know, then you go to the manufacturers and you talk about the steel tariffs. And there's a lot of concern and interest on that issue alone. Then you talk about student loan debt or, you know, any issue that somebody has, whether it's the cost of their prescription medication. Uh, Recently introduced a bill with some of my Democratic colleagues on insulin. The number of folks who've reached out to me 
gas stations, churches, places where I'm not expecting to be approached saying, thank you for introducing a bill to cap the price of insulin. That's authentic. It's standing up to the big guy and showing that you support the little guy. And that's, I think, the original, the OG Democratic Party brand and message that we're really returning back to our roots on. And it's bringing people back into the fold who might have otherwise voted for a Republican who had one of those anti-establishment, I'm not one of the Washington, D.C. folks message like Trump. I I think he's going to be defeated by his own message in that we're saying, look, we're going to stand up to the big guy. We're here for the little guy. And Donald Trump is the big guy. So you talked about turnout and you talked about how the Democratic Party recently did the 50,000 doors. What is it about what you're doing, you specifically, give it, give you a chance to tap to your own horn. If you look at the maps from 2016 and you look at the map from 2018 in terms of the, each county by county, Portage County is the only one that won both that's anywhere in that area. You know, you, I mean, it's literally, if you look at it, it is a, it is the center part of Wisconsin and it is the only blue county. What are you doing to turn out that county? Well, I'll point out Portage County is the only blue county because First of all, I think we have a strong union background that, you know, I continue to attend our Central Labor Council meetings. I talk with all of the unions on the ground. We also have a four-year university. And I think having not just college students, but faculty and staff who are committed to the Wisconsin idea and who understand the tremendous economic and cultural value of having a four-year university that's one of the largest employers in the area, but also one of the largest cultural drivers in the area, I think that's important too. So representing higher education issues, talking constantly about student loan debt, investing in the Wisconsin idea, making higher education more affordable, going to campus. I'm there almost every single week. I think that's really important. I also think um, issues like clean water really resonate in Portage County. We have one in four wells um, where folks can't even drink water from their tap. And I've been talking about the need to address clean water for six years. And so that's not to say I am the only candidate who could win in Portage County or anywhere in central Wisconsin. Gerrymandering absolutely plays a role. And there's a reason why former Representative Amy, Amy Sue Brewing, for example, has gone her strong message of supporting farmers, health care and good schools and roads. Um, was frankly erased by a very the, the most one of the most gerrymandered districts in the state. So I think it's a combination of things. But at the end of the day, I'll always say this candidates matter more than anything. It, even if you have the fairest 50-50 exact clean, um, good government maps, you still need to have one of the best candidates who not only cares about their constituencies, but is willing to bring them together and is willing to do the work to talk to them, but more importantly, to listen to them and then to represent their values. So for our listeners that aren't familiar with Representative Shanklin, she's in the heart of crop country, and she raised uh, some ag issues on the tariffs. I want to come back to that. I want to ask you specifically about Portage County and Marathon County. Those are the two areas that have swung the hardest. For Trump in 16, those were deep red, especially Marathon County. Uh, But Governor Evers won Portage County in 2018. So... In my lifetime, I grew up in the 7th CD, same as you. Dave Obie was the congressman. Uh, Those were deep, deep blue. So why do you see those now bouncing back and forth and a little more volatility, which uh, in an area that was once reliably blue? I think some of it is demographics. Young people are moving away, unfortunately, and not, not in Portage County as much as other places around central Wisconsin. And as someone who studied it, we're actually working on 
greater in migration to Portage County because we're working on the cultural value. We're bringing in live music. We're investing in the arts. But some of it really is, you know, the if we if I talk to farmers, they'll say that we're no longer we don't have a farm succession plan. We're not passing down the farm. Our kids are moving away. You look at manufacturing. We have a very strong manufacturing economy in Marathon and Portage County, but we have seen some mills go under. We've seen a lot of mills change hands multiple times, which worries us from a workforce standpoint. And as we work on diversifying the economy, the economy there and the workforce, we can kind of protect from some of that. But frankly, over the decades, if you were to look at the nature of work and how things have changed, you'll see a lot of that blue collar agriculture manufacturing shift and a lot of people um, aging, you know, the aging demographics, I think is a huge piece. The other piece I'll say is, you know, Dave Obie was one of the most incredible politicians I think Wisconsin will ever see. Not only was he the master of appropriations, like everywhere you go in Wausau and Stevens Point and all over the 7th, yep. you will see a Dave Obie line item, right? <laughs> you can't really do that in Congress anymore, but he was a yeah. masterful politician. But when Stevens Point was taken out of the 7th, that created a competitive 7th CD for Republicans. And um, obviously they picked it up. But what I'll say is I still think, especially if we have new maps in 2021, going into 2022, I think the 7th is going to be in tremendous play then. I think it could be in play now with that special election. And I want to say this, I can be a little bit, I'm a very um, cautious person when I read the tea leaves. So I would never predicate or predict that, you know, there are huge, massive wins. But on Friday and Monday, so I go to an egg banquet, it's a 4-H banquet. And I'm thinking, you know, probably a bunch of people will come up to me and, and talk about just Trump. But instead, the only thing people wanted to talk about was Brad Path. They were incredibly upset. They were incredibly upset that Republicans in the Senate would unanimously vote to turn away an eminently and abundantly qualified agricultural secretary. And I could not believe my ears. They proactively brought it up. I did not. On Monday, Veterans Day, what did people come up to me to talk about? They wanted to lodge their complaints against Trump as veterans. Again, I did not bring this up. So that to me said, I feel things shifting below my feet as someone from 2012 to 2018 has felt a lot of shift, you know, away from that um, Democratic brand and toward the middle. I'm feeling the opposite now. And I think Republicans have overreached. And here's what I believe about the people of central and northern Wisconsin. Whoever's in the White House, they like a check and balance, right? So yeah. you can kind of follow that. You know, they like checks. They will vote down ticket, opposite of up ticket. And if you're a good politician and you're a savvy person um, and you reach out to them, they'll vote for you regardless of party because we've got 40% of Wisconsinites who identify as independent. And so I think that's an important piece of this too. You so, got something wait, Because okay. you brought up uh, the 7CD and the former holder of that seat, Sean Duffy. Uh, Scott's wearing a Duffy-like shirt today. I want to call that out. <laughs> flannel, quite nice. Uh, Duffy did win that seat on the old map. That's true. That's okay. true. And then, but he solidified. And, and let's just point this out: if they were the, um, if we let's say Stevens Point were in the seventh in 2014, 2016, 2018, I truly believe Sean Duffy would not have continued and um, solidified his incumbency, given the fact that he overreached in so many ways. But he was much harder to hold accountable because of the solidified Republican support and the newly gerrymandered. Support. And I'll say this: the DCCC totally blew it in 2012. The first time when you're the first time the when you're most vulnerable is the first time you're up for re-election, and they completely left. The candidate in 2012, Pat Kreitlow, out you know out to dry, and you know I say that both because they did and because Pat's a friend of mine. You said something that made me I wanted to you know because I remember back when it was Veterans Day. I am incredulous about the fact that you know a week leading up to you know the days leading up to Veterans Day, 
Trump admitted that he stole millions of dollars from our veterans, and yet not a single Republican legislator, whether it's in you know the Republican Assembly Caucus or in the Senate Caucus, came out and criticized that fact or said anything, or let me, was asked about it. What do Democrats need to do better to force these conversations in these legislators' districts? Because I think, I think collectively the ball's being dropped. That's a great point. And I would say, look at what Senator Tammy Baldwin has done with Senator Ron Johnson. She has said he has a tremendous conflict of interest and he does need to take a strong look at how he could potentially be a juror in an impeachment trial when he has major conflicts of interest with Ukraine and everything else going on. And that's just one example. But I think she did it in a very logical way. I think it's very important for Democrats to understand the sense of fairness in Wisconsin voters. We always want to give people one, two, three, four, maybe five chances, especially if they're Republicans. And so it's it's very important that we not overplay our hand. And instead we point out, okay, $2 million. Can you imagine how far that would go to think of how cold it is in November right now? We have, we have homeless veterans. And here's an example. We had a veterans outreach and recovery program at King that is no longer there. I just looked it up because I had a homeless veteran in my district and I thought now he's got to go to Union Grove. So what could we have used that $2 million for in central Wisconsin instead of Trump essentially promising one thing to publicly for a veterans charity and doing the opposite. And I, you're absolutely right. It's on us to hold them accountable. I think there's a certain level of fatigue, whether it's the press who's tired of the outrage or the voters who are more than tired of the outrage. And here's something I've learned. Um, they equate, and I think the media plays a role in this too, they equate all outrage as equal, right? So I'm outraged that someone broke the law. I'm outraged that there's no rule of law in this country. I'm outraged that the independent judiciary is being eroded. But apparently that outrage is the same as a Republican saying Trump isn't getting due process for the impeachment trial, even though they passed a resolution which they voted against to give them due process. So voters are like, well, everyone's complaining and I'm tired of the fighting. I just want to see people get things done. And I think that's where Democrats have to show that they can. And I think, you know, I brought up Senator Tammy Baldwin because she's a perfect example of this. She can do everything at once. She can walk and chew gum and support our manufacturers and our marine economy. And she can take a look at forestry and she can do cheese, but she can also hold Senator Ron Johnson accountable. And that's kind of the, the blueprint that I think the rest of us need to follow. I agree with you. Personality matters. And I think the latest Marquette poll does bear that out, that Joe Biden is actually at least on the most recent Marquette poll, the strongest Democrat. How about in your district? Is there a specific candidate in that field that you think plays better in the central part of the state? That's part A. Part B is, have you endorsed any candidates in the primary? So I haven't endorsed anyone. I don't think I plan on it. I think we have some really good candidates, and I really respect the voters to go through the process. Um, in 2016, Bernie Sanders performed the best in Portage County out of any yep. county in the state during yes, the primary. Did. I think that actually led to lower Democratic turnout in the general. So for me, as a legislator, I'm motivated to support my constituents. I think that both Bernie and Elizabeth Warren have a very strong economic populist message that plays very well with farmers, with folks who work in manufacturing, who work at the paper mills. Um, and I so think, you think progressives stayed home potentially in Portage County? There were 238,000 oh, fewer votes for Hillary Clinton than there were you, for Obama yep, in 2012. If, if, you look at, if you look at the numbers in Portage County alone, we lost thousands of voters in the general election due to demotivation. And so we need a strong message. We need people turning them out 
out, but they they'll say. So you're suggesting a progressive would do best potentially. I think Joe Biden would do just as well. I really do. We have a lot of blue collar voters who don't identify as Democrats or Republicans who generally vote Democratic in that region. But I think the candidate does matter, and so it depends on what what tack they go after the primary. Frankly, I would worry a little bit about going so far that they feel like socially alienated. I think. When you live in a rural part of the state that often feels ignored by Madison, um, you want to know what's your piece of the pie? What is government going to do for me? Yeah. And I think from the bottom of the ticket to the top, how are you going to bring, um, instead of just representing Washington or California or New York, what are you going to do for me? And whether that's student loan debt, child care, health care, um, all of those issues resonate tremendously in my neck of the woods. And I think as long as they have plans and they have the right trustworthy message. I think trust is the most important here. I'm seeing a lot of voters breaking away from Trump on trust. You can look at the Marquette poll and see it too. Credibility, authenticity, and will you fight for me? You know, every politician needs to answer the question. What's in it for me? If you can't answer that question, you shouldn't be running. And I think we have a lot of presidential candidates who can do that. And I think they're going to do it more effectively than Trump. Well, we talked to, you know, we've talked about uh, different things related to where you're from, and we talked about good candidates and the importance of good candidates. I got to ask you, because people are talking about it, you know, your, you, you know, the state senator in your district is, it's his first term, it's a seat that has been held by Democrats since I can't, you know, since I can remember. What are you thinking, any chance that you, uh, what's your thought process and possibility of you taking on Senator Pat Testing? So I haven't said anything publicly yet. My thought process is he absolutely needs a very strong challenger. And I think that neck of the woods, especially going west to Monroe County, et cetera, would be, I would love to see a candidate from there, frankly. I would love to see a candidate from Wood County. I think that Senator Testing has shown his true colors. He's voted with his party every single time when he could have done the right thing, whether it's the lame duck or voting against Brad Path. And his constituents know it, and I think he's terrified of that. So um, regardless of what I choose to do, I'm very committed to helping hold him accountable because at the end of the day, he could have been a maverick and voted with Democrats on key issues. Um, He could have stood up to his party on things like the lame duck and the partisan overreach when it comes to eroding the executive branch, but unfortunately, he did the opposite, and I think a lot of voters are very disappointed in him. How does your party expand the map. I mean, you've done exceptionally well in Dane County and Milwaukee County in the past couple of statewide elections, rolled up huge margins there, but underperformed up north. Like, for example, Donald Trump's highest percentage victory was in the 7CD last time around, which is stunning, uh, I think. And that is becoming more and more red uh, now that the, the the seat right over the bridge in Duluth is now a Republican seat. So expect more spending by the Trump campaign in the Duluth media market, for example. So does that put sort of those uh, Douglas, Bayfield, Ashland County seats in play potentially for Republicans? And how do you guys reconnect with rural Wisconsin? Number one, and this is this might be a controversial opinion, but I'd be happy to go the mat on it with anyone. We need to move some state offices to Wausau or north of Wausau. I really believe it. I'm, <laughs> I'm with so, you on that. I am so tired of everything being in Madison. It is such a long drive. But in addition, everyone who works in Madison lives in Madison or a suburb of Madison. Yeah. And so they'll tell me things. You know, I'll have arguments with colleagues from both parties who will be like, well, we don't need wells. We don't need private wells. And I'll, I'll say, what planet are you living on? You don't know what you're talking about. And so there's just cultural issues 
that have been used successfully as cudgels or wedges by politicians. And I think what I'd like to see is bringing those government dollars up to central and northern Wisconsin to actually show that not only do we care, we're bringing the workers to you. I would love to see the DNR up there. I'd love to see the Department of Workforce Development up there. I would love to see an economic development plan and strategy that includes the Northwoods and that brings them like... I don't want to use Foxconn as an example, but a small <laughs> business economic development strategy similar to, you know, this is going to be transformative, except actually transformative with a huge return. And it isn't just about businesses. It's about, I told you that, you know, earlier that cultural value, how we're attracting in Portage County, we're attracting um, workers from Milwaukee who are excited about the seven minute commute and the cost of groceries and the $3.50 beer, you know, locally made by your favorite <laughs> brewer. And I tell people, this all the time or quality of life yeah that's true i'm talking about that very fancy craft brew with like hibiscus in it is like 350 right it's like that quality of life is irreplaceable when you can you know i go to the farmer's market and i have breakfast on the farm i know every single one of my farmers i know my brewers i know my distillers i know my vintners i mean you name it you have this quality of life that's unmatchable and so you spend a little bit of money up north and in central wisconsin not just protecting our lakes rivers and streams and advancing the tourism economy but growing those small businesses giving them that attention and um, economic development funds that they deserve and guess what like i i think you're gonna see people saying they care about my main street business they care about my main street way of life they care about hayward they care about spooner they care about superior i think that's how we expand the map it's being genuine and it's having a real strategy and i think the evers administration um could take a look at some of those ideas and really show people how government can work for them and not against them. Well, we can't thank you enough, Representative Katrina Shanklin from the 71st Assembly District for coming on. And yes, and I also, we want to we want to make sure, you know, we wish you uh, congratulations on your new marriage. Oh, thank you so you much. Know, saw the photos from it on Facebook. The yeah. wonderful, wonderful photos. We Does your husband know what he's getting into? Uh, yeah, he he actually was with me before I even ran for office and I was like That's working right. the recall. So he yeah. knows, he he knows gets how it. insane right. it is. But yeah, we eloped just because it was like, you know what? That's the best way as a politician to do it. Highly recommend it. It was great. Well, if I'm ever elected, I'll make sure I do that. Now that's what I'm waiting <laughs> to be go. elected before I elope and get married. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, for anybody uh, uh, who wants to uh, wants to listen to our past episodes or wants to suggest guests to us, uh, you can visit us at at win2020wi on Twitter. It's win2020wi.com. And until next time, uh, this is Ross. And I'm Akashin. We will see you out there. <laughs> <laughs>